Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. This is another episode of R.J. Bell's Dream Preview, the college basketball edition. I am A.J. Hoffman, joined, as always, by Griffin Warner. Griffin, how we doing, my guy? We're doing great. I'm sad uh, since this is take two, you're not the affable host you were introduced as just a few minutes ago. Yeah, little technical difficulty. We uh, got about five minutes into the pod, had a, uh, a failure, and had to uh, restart the whole damn thing. So here we are, take two. You guys are going to, I mean, you're going to wish that you heard that the, that five minutes. <laughs> yeah, no one will ever hear not, it. Your, your cousin's oh, not going to want to. <laughs> that's true. We talk about my disdain for weddings. Uh, yeah, 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 long, long stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's gone to the ether now. It's quite mm. unfortunate. <laughs> uh, and we talked about how Griffin dodged a bullet by not betting uh, San Francisco, not fading Gonzaga at home tonight uh although man it's it, now that i say that it's it's tightened back up so it, w- mm, mm. i'm gonna give you an update at some point during this this episode i'm, I'm sure what, it's gonna be exactly what i don't want to hear was, what, what were you looking at nine and a half i i think i was gonna take nine uh okay and i'm i'm expecting when you come in with a ding it's gonna be Gonzaga wins by eight and then it'll just be like well I'm glad I I didn't really want that money anyway, you know. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, we've got a, a a packed weekend, and it's mostly on Saturday because there's I don't know if you know this, Griffin. There's some American football games being played Ooh, on Sunday. Oh, do you that kick gonna... that? Do you kick the ball in that? In that yep. One? What yep. Do you... okay. It's kind of like an oblong oval shape oh, thing, oh, egg shape, not round. Okay. No, not round. No, not it's not okay. footy. I know that's your thing, but um, <laughs> yeah. So they the NCAA said, okay, let's not put any games on. They put a handful, but not many. Uh, a few games on Friday, and then a loaded card on Saturday. Let's jump into it, and we'll start with one of those Friday games, and we will look at the Wisconsin Badgers, two and a half point home favorites against Michigan State. And I was pretty surprised to see this open inside a possession. Um. I, there was a two early in the in the cycle, and I was expecting this to open four, maybe five. Uh, Michigan State is on a three game win streak. They're now four and four in conference play, but they still have struggled on the road in conference play, and and the wins have all come against kind of the the bottom end of the conference. It's been Rutgers, Penn State, Minnesota, and then their one road win was at Maryland. And one of those, what their home loss came to this very Wisconsin team. And I know people say, well, they're, they're out for revenge. I, I, I just don't know if this Sparty team is good enough for me to worry about that, to be honest. And uh, I, I think that Wisconsin is going to dominate this game down low. They're going to dominate a lot of teams in the front court. That that's, I mean, they're very good up front. And you've got to beat them with their guards. And that means you're counting on A.J. Hogard. And if you're fading Sparty, that's great news. Because as good as Tyson Walker can be, Hogard's usually the guy who tries to take over in big games. And that usually works out well if you are fading Michigan State. Uh, he was 6 of 19 against Illinois, 5 of 17 against Arizona, 1 of 8 against Duke. Like he turns into a chucker in these big games. And I think this is a big game for Sparty. Uh, Wisconsin's been a monster at home. They've lost one time there this season. That was to Tennessee. Michigan State's not even close to the level of Tennessee. I I like Wisconsin up to four here. I I think this should be a a pretty comfortable win for the Badgers. What do you think? 
Yeah, I'm a little surprised by the number being below three. Uh, that's usually my kind of buy zone, as we mentioned. It might have been on the first run of this, uh, but that was a practice podcast anyway. So, that's right. Um, I, I'm kind. Of, I'm very surprised. I mean, Wisconsin was in a dogfight at Minnesota. Uh, kind of came back from the dead after looking like there was no, never going to be a game. Um, and I am very surprised because the Cole Center has been a really tough place to play. Uh, it's it's weird to me, especially after Wisconsin won at Michigan State, and I, I feel like that was kind of us thinking, wow, Michigan State is in real trouble. And then Michigan State went and lost at Nebraska before Nebraska started to look like a decent team. And I think I bet Nebraska in that game, and then I bet I think we might have both bet Baylor, which uh, was yep. one of the weirder results so far. But I think maybe might have made some money for me down the road because then I was like, hmm, maybe Baylor's not as strong as I thought they were. Mm. Um, Did it make any I money just, against Texas? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. This, this is what happens when you get into podcast number two. You know, all the uh, all the pleasantries are gone. But you know, <laughs> it just feels to me like I unfortunately I was against Michigan State this past weekend. Uh, kind of took a flyer on Maryland thought at home, really tough place to win. And Michigan state hadn't really done much on the road, as you already mentioned, but Michigan state seems like one of those teams that uh, they're pushing the pace incredibly fast. Uh, and it's been working in some games because that's the way they get their open three point shots. I'm not sure they're ever going to shoot as well as they did in the last season, 2022, 2023. Uh, but they're suddenly up to 63rd in the country at 36.2%. Uh, percentage from three so that's scary to me because we know that Wisconsin is going to play as slowly as possible um I am kind of as I've probably said four times already I'm really surprised that this number is as small as it is especially because it seems like Big Ten home court is uh is hold serve more than almost yeah. any other league maybe not as much this year is kind of what this line is suggesting to me a little bit and there certainly is something too like oh it was a really easy win the first time that surely will happen again with a short favor on their home court this time, as opposed to the road game they just played. Well, just played in the beginning of December, but I, I feel like there's some trepidation for me here, but uh, give me Wisconsin or, or give me nothing because uh, this number is too short for a Michigan state team that really should struggle to win on the road. And uh, I'm back in home courts. And can't shoot threes, can't shoot free throws. I mean, yeah, they, there's there's a lot to uh, to to avoid here with this Spartan team, in my opinion. Uh, so it looks like we're a couple Badger boys today. Yep. All right, yep. Kansas at Iowa State. Iowa State a three point favorite at home against Kansas. And man, I don't remember a time where a Bill Self coached Kansas team has been 16 and three and sitting at 18th in Ken Palm. It's, it's really kind of fascinating uh, that how the metrics don't love this Kansas team. And I, I mean, I get kind of what, I mean, th their losses are, I mean, they lost at West Virginia. They lost at central Florida, two of the weaker teams in the big 12, the, the neutral loss to Marquette, like pre Thanksgiving. Okay. We'll give you some grace here, but they got blown out in that game. In Maui, no less. Yeah, but then they've got a win over Kentucky. They've got a win over Tennessee. They've got a win over UConn. It's like, I don't know what this team is. I, well, I do know what they are. They're two really, 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 really good players and then just a bunch of dudes. And it is basically, like Kevin McCuller might be one of the best. He might be the best two-way player in, in college basketball right now. And Hunter Dickinson is like a legit monster stud NBA player. 
but then there's just there's nothing around them that makes you scared. Like there's nobody who you feel like, okay, if, if one of them has an off night, this is the guy that that can take over. I don't think they have that guy. And I I mean I think there's a reason why they're they're 355th in bench minutes. And I think as this season goes on and they get through this this Big 12 gauntlet of like these super physical teams, when you play you know, this Iowa State game, then you you've got Oklahoma State, Houston. Kansas State, Baylor, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Texas, Baylor again, Houston again. It's like this team is going to be so beat up and so exhausted, so physically depleted that I think they're going to have a hard time in the tournament. This, I know this is a team I want to fade come tournament time. The question is, do we think they're there now? And obviously, I mentioned those two losses on the road, uh, West Virginia and Central Florida. They're not good. They're not good losses. Um, I, I guess Central Florida is not a terrible loss, but it's not great. Their, their one road win in conference was Oklahoma State. Nothing to write home about. Their their best road win non-conference, in fact, their only non-conference road win is Indiana, which at the time it was like, this was early December. It's like, okay, they beat Indiana by four in Bloomington. Oh, that's great. Now it's like, is it though? Is it that big of a deal? I don't know. This Iowa State team, we've talked before about the Hilton Magic. This is not a team I look to fade uh, on their court. I should have backed them on Wednesday against Kansas State. Kansas State's a team that I've been saying is about to fall off a cliff, but the number felt big to me. I was like eight, eight and a half, and I was like, man, that feels like there's just a lot baked in against this Kansas State team, and it turned out there was still some room there. I mean, they, they beat them by double digits, so... I, I think that this Iowa State team at home is going to be a problem for everyone, uh, as evidenced by the fact that they've they've already got a home win against Houston. Um, they, they they've got a, a good home win against uh, a dominant home win against Iowa earlier in the season. Um, I, I I don't love this Iowa State roster, but I just think Otzelberger is such a good coach. I think he's going to compete here. Um, and, and I, I just think this Kansas team is, is not what they've been in past years. So, uh, it's cyclone or nothing for me. What do you think about this, this matchup? Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of alarm bells going off in my mind based on history. Uh, KU is never a three point underdog in this league. Never. Uh, I can think of sometimes maybe against like the best Texas tech teams under Chris Beard. I feel like I recall that. Like maybe a couple times, but that's it's rare to see them at that level. Torvik even has Iowa State a seven point three point favorite. So, wow. like I, I mean, monstrous numbers. And you'd think based on KU's two road losses, which I mean weren't to great teams in the conference, they haven't really played that tough of a schedule so far in the Big Twelve uh, at four and two. So, I mean, there's not a lot of eyesores on there, but maybe there is some, uh, there, maybe there are some issues uh, deeper than the record would suggest. And I think seeing Iowa State at seventh at Torvik versus 17th KU, I mean, I, I'm not sure. The numbers don't compute to me at this point. Uh, for that reason, I am like feeling like Iowa State is overvalued as a three point favorite, but it, they might not be because. As you mentioned, the, the big spread against K-State, to me, that was very respectful, but they paid that off. Uh, Iowa State, I thought, was very uh, in a very tight game at BYU a couple games ago and, and honestly were um, looking like a team that I was scared to bet against when I was uh, 
considering BYU that game. So uh, Iowa State, Hilton Magic, it's going to be a big deal. They're going to be able to get away with playing the physical brand of basketball that they play. Uh, they get, I, I guess it's more not getting calls. They just don't get called for a lot of fouls. There would be my expectation. Yeah. Um, this will be a big test because Kansas is used to getting a, a pretty fair whistle even away from home. Uh, I imagine there will be a fair amount of Rock Chalk Jayhawk contingent in the building, uh, but it should be drowned out by Iowa State. Um, I, I'm kind of surprised that I'm actually into laying three points against a Kansas team that has two very, very tough matchups. Like Hunter Dickinson at seven foot two is uh, now shooting threes, and is, it seems to be capable on the perimeter, or at least is uh, a lot different. I mean, shooting 40% from three is huge. He's only made 15, though, so less than one a game. But uh, there's also a ton of athleticism with KJ Adams. And, and I think there's going to be some problems for Iowa State here in handling a team that's very polished and has some really top of the line talent. Because uh, as you mentioned, Iowa State doesn't really have that. But it's a collective thing. It's at home. Uh, I think you're right. It, I don't think a KU play is in order for me here. So it's Iowa State or nothing. And I, I can't imagine that I would lay three. But, you know, that's generally the... If, if I think a team's going to win a game, I'm fine with laying three points. So we'll see what happens. If I can get a number lower than that, I think I might get in early. But, uh, you know, if it closes minus three, I think I'll probably play Iowa State. Yeah, looking back to last season, and um, it, Iowa State started conference play six and two, and they finished conference play nine and nine. Uh, so for those of you who aren't great at math, that's a three and seven finish to the season in conference. But one of those three wins while, while they were in the midst of losing at home to like Oklahoma state and West Virginia, they got a home win against Kansas 68, 53 last year. Um, but obviously two out of three, they played Kansas, Kansas got the Kansas won by two in fog last year. And then they, they beat them in the big 12 tournament. But, um, yeah, this Iowa State team is always going to be feisty at home. Again, I'm with you. I don't know that I'm going to like if on Saturday I'm going to wake up and say, "Yeah, feel like uh <laughs> feel like laying points against Kansas." I, I don't know if I'm going to be in that mindset, but uh, I'm certainly not backing the Jayhawks. All right, let's yeah, check. Let, let's see if we want to test Bill Self's hairline and uh, see if someone wants to rip off the toupee allegedly or something like that. Now, this next game, uh, when I when I give this line, I want you to take it with a grain of salt. Uh, we're at, we've got Arizona at Oregon and you projected Oregon to be a favorite here. I project Arizona about a five point road favorite. Ooh. Um, Ken Palm has, uh, Arizona six, I believe. So I, I went with five. I'm not sure. So I like the fact that your number is so different kind of makes me nervous about my number. Um, either way, Arizona has been very hit or miss this year. And it's almost confusing. Like, and I, I don't know that it's necessarily tied. I, I thought it was tied to home road splits, but then they just eked out a home game against UCLA who sucks. Uh, and it makes me wonder, like they, they just don't always seem to give a focused effort. Um, you know, we we saw the, the their first couple losses, like they lost on a, a I guess a, a semi home or a semi away site to Purdue in Indianapolis. Okay, no big deal. And then they lost that game here in Vegas to Florida Atlantic, a double overtime game. Florida Atlantic's pretty good. Okay, but since then they've lost to Stanford, like got blown out by Stanford. They lost at Washington State, which maybe isn't as terrible as a, of a loss as it seemed at the time, 
but at the time it seemed pretty bad. Uh, I, I, I don't know what to make of this Arizona team. And like the idea that they were laying 18 points at home against UCLA and didn't even come close to covering that. Uh, I, I don't know that I'm looking to lay a big number on the road with this team at all. Uh, they, they did, they blew out Cal in Cal, but I, I Oregon's better than Cal. Oregon's, they're going to compete. I say this a lot. You never know what Oregon team's going to show up. You never who's you never know who's going to play week to week. Um, this is a tough one for me to call. I, you have a, a strong opinion one way or the other? I My number would suggest that I do, uh, but I, I'm pretty sure I went back and forth. Basically, the in, in case for, for any of you who are just listening to the pod for the first time, welcome. But I think we, we've described the, the kind of way we go about doing this in our pre-production meetings is basically AJ sends me text of the games we're going to cover. I throw the lines. He, he sends it to me unlined. I throw what I expect lines to be. And then he tells me how off I am, basically. And for the most part, I'm close. But this one is surprising to me. Um, I mean, Arizona has looked like a team that is very vulnerable away from home. Maybe it's that Caleb Love at 33% of three-point shots going in takes seven of those a game. Uh, Maybe it's his inability to know when to pass, when to shoot, all those sort of things. But that is clearly showing my bias against uh, a certain Caleb Love from his years at North Carolina. So um, I think... Arizona has been pretty fickle on the road for uh, more than just this year, though. I think we've seen that before. And I think that's part of why I was like, you know, we might see a really strong line here in Oregon just because they've been playing a lot better as they've gotten healthier. I mean, they were missing like all these players to start the season. And then all of a sudden found they had a lot more talent in the background uh, when they're missing their point guard. They have this shell sad guy step up and start playing really well. And now he's a, a pretty important part of their team. So to me, it's Arizona and they're huge, gigantic, all these sort of things. But um Keisha Johnson who took San Diego State on a ride to the national championship last year only to get blown out by UConn but still getting there was a feat uh I feel like there's not a ton of NBA level talent like that might be an NBA level producer and player and, and one that has a long career but I don't really look at Arizona and be like oh my god I'm really scared of this offense it seems at home they're so dominant but I think it's a combination of environment plus other things and players tend to shoot a lot better but I'm not really that afraid of Boswell. I've, I've said enough about Caleb Love. I could probably fill an entire hour talking about him. But um, Pelly Larson, I'm, I'm not sure that he's that scary to me either. I mean, Umar Balo inside is is a, a beast, a giant. But I think we've we've learned through the years that generally Dan Altman has a plan for really good teams and to zone them or to do some sort of different look that could potentially screw up an Arizona offense that looks really great at times. But when you look at their road loss to Washington State, on the uh, on the Palouse, uh, the blowout loss to Stanford, as we've already talked about, I feel like there are ways to get to this Arizona team, and they to me seem like one of those, especially after fighting back uh, an average score of trailing by eight points against UCLA, and probably the worst UCLA version we've seen since Steve yeah. Alford was was fired midseason. I, I feel like um, there is some vulnerability uh, to summarize uh, about Arizona, and I'm interested in the Oregon side. All right, uh, let's take a look at Villanova at Butler. Butler, a we're going to project a two-point favorite here. Butler's uh, at home. And I've got to ask you this. Uh, the reason why I picked this game is because I wanted to kind of have an, over, an overriding discussion about Villanova. Mm. Villanova, they, they had some wins early. They, like when they played that tournament in the Bahamas, they beat Texas Tech, North Carolina, and Memphis three days in a row. 
and like that it felt good at the time now i think it might even be better like i think that north carolina win is, has aged really well better than i thought it was going to yeah. but they've also had some really head scratching losses they lost to pin i mean they, they they lost to every basically everybody in in uh, uh philadelphia they lost to pin they lost to st joe's they lost to drexel um and now they are sitting at four and four in big east play they've lost three straight and their their wins in conference one of them you got to give them a lot of credit for that the creighton win at creighton in overtime is a, a great win you know i i don't care what it, what creighton ends up being that's a that's a good win their other wins are a home and home against DePaul and a one point home win against Xavier. I'm starting to wonder, like, if things don't get better for Villanova, like, is it possible they don't make the tournament? Or is what they what they did in the non-conference good enough to get them in? Because the Big East is tough, man, especially once you have your two DePaul games in the rearview mirror. It's like they're going to have two easy games left this season. They'll have a home and home with Georgetown. Everything else is going to be a dog fight. And I'm not sure this Villanova team is equipped for it. Like I, I faded them uh, yesterday against St. John's. I, I was like, ah, do I really want to lay three and a half? And I was like, do I really want to uh, take Rick Patino and lay a little over possession against Kyle Neptune? The answer is yes. And uh, <laughs> it, they beat him by 20. It wasn't even wasn't even competitive. I just don't think this team is any good. Like they don't have any real path to offense outside of they make a lot of free throws, but or they make a high percentage of free throws, I should say. They don't get to the line that much because nobody attacks the basket. They they are a heavy three point shooting team, heavy volume three point shooting team that shoots thirty two percent. I I don't know what this team's ceiling is. But I don't know that there's a lot to like about them. I, I could I can see a world they're sitting at eleven and eight now. It would not shock me at the end of the year if this is like a, a you know a sixteen and sixteen type team. Uh, where do you stand on Villanova right now? And I guess you see anything in this Butler matchup? Uh, I'm very interested in the home team. I, I'm looking to be against Villanova. I'm very sad to not pull the trigger on St. John's against them this week. Um, I'm. You, you pointed out pretty well, Villanova is a great free throw shooting team, but they love to shoot three point shots. So that by default just keeps you from getting to the line. So um, you'd think Kyle Neptune would be smart enough or Jake Wright might've made a call to a former assistant who I think he basically put up to get the job when he retired. Uh, hey, maybe you should attack the rim. But it seems to me that they have Mikey Dixon, who's a very talented, but maybe six foot six center. Uh, which doesn't really work in a high major college basketball league. And I feel like the Big East, like we thought it was going to be a three-team race at the top. Uh, Seton Hall somehow jumped into that. But that maybe the most disappointing conference out there across college basketball, besides maybe the Pac-12, because that's probably holding the torch to everything. Go ahead. Maybe, but like, so is let's say Creighton and, and Marquette have clearly been disappointing. I, I think that like, what Seton Hall's been and what St. John's have been is maybe enough to like balance it out. Um, I, I don't know what you thought of Providence coming into the season. I mean, obviously the injury there kind of, kind of yeah. set them back, but yeah. Yeah. I, I think that like the, the middle of the conference, the, the Xavier's, the Butler's uh, those teams are maybe not as strong, as strong as I thought they were going to be. So like, if you say Xavier Butler and Providence is a tier, with the Providence injury, I'd say that's been a disappointment. I, I think that 
you you have to say that that Saint, Saint I never thought Saint John's would be as good as they've been. Certainly not this fast. Uh, so I, I'm a little grace to the Big East. I, I, I think that I thought there was going to be like three top ten level teams in the Big East. There's one, but I think overall the conference isn't as bad as as maybe you do. Well, I'm just, and maybe I'm being a little bit aggressive, but it's just when looking at the numbers preseason, we had Creighton, Marquette, Connecticut for Big East conference uh, features. Yeah. And it started where uh, they were pretty much all about the same type of price, then pretty much doubled it to Villanova. And then St. John's, Providence, Xavier, Seton Hall, everything was far below above 10 to one to win while the three favorites were three to one or less. Um, I guess in some conferences, like probably Arizona was, was like a, an odds on favorite. So that, that changes things as well. But to me, I just felt like those three teams, those three horses, it'd be a three horse race. They'd have separated by far by, by now. Uh, still have a long way to go in conference play, but it doesn't look like that will happen unless there's some pretty significant undefeated records down the stretch. And I just think based on what we've seen so far, it's, it seems fairly unlikely that that will occur. Would um, it surprise as, you that, uh, that Ken Palm has Big East's ranked second in conference uh, metrics? It, it does. And, and I honestly wonder if it's because that middle is a little bit, I mean, maybe not as impressive on an NCAA tournament or making a run type of level, but I mean, I feel like Butler came out of nowhere. I didn't have high expectations for them. Uh, North Admata, and he seemed to have built a pretty good team. Um, you know, Seton Hall. I think we. I mean, we were talking about on this podcast that Sheen Holloway is probably looking. I don't know how they're good. soon, but yeah, it's. I mean, I watched them go go three overtimes and somehow uh, not cover a one and a half or two and a half point spread. But um, it, they were in that game with a really good Creighton team and felt like they had many chances to win that. It's just, that's probably one of the coaching things that comes in. Um, I am surprised by that, uh, that conference ranking I, to me, it still feels like the, it's a big 12 and everybody else. Uh, but there's eventually going to be a tournament. We're going to find some teams that have kind of probably gone a little bit under the radar, under seated, And those are the ones that we want to capitalize on. Maybe that will come from the big East or maybe we'll get, a UConn as a four seed or something like that, that might be a little bit more advantageous because they weren't able to, to run through a better conference than maybe I'm giving credit. Um, but just to get back to this game, I, I feel like Butler is going to shoot a lot of threes. Villanova is going to be like, oh, great, we do a three-point shooting contest. And I just don't think that's going to go very well for Villanova on the road. So I think I said I was expecting Butler a two-point favorite. I, I'm interested in playing them as a, as a home favorite. Uh, I think I'm, I'm looking to pretty much be against Villanova until they make me feel differently about them. And I just I feel like they brought in a lot of talented players that have decent names attached to them. Uh, but Burton isn't really a three-point shooter, doesn't really fit in that game. But I think the Villanova powers of old, they all they were so good because they could shoot threes at almost every position except maybe the five-man. And I think they're putting like Bamba from Washington State transfer, really athletic, great rebounder, all those sort of things. I just feel like they're fitting a lot of square pegs and round holes, and it doesn't really seem to fit for me. Uh, so I'm looking to be against them as much as I can. All right. Sounds like we've got some agreement in uh, our, our thoughts on Villanova. All right. Uh, about to get to best bets. Before we do, tell the people how they can save at pregame, Griffin. Use the promo code SWISH20. You know, like every time AJ puts up a jumper at lead on, on Friday nights, 
because um, on my third ACL, I'm not doing that. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> that that must be me. My bad. Uh, yeah. When I when I'm uh, when my jumper is wet, they call it a swish, and they call me Swish Twenty. Good for twenty dollars off for all listeners college basketball podcast. Good for seven days from the podcast release. So you got, I mean, we're, unfortunately it's going to be the end of the month and now we're doing math live, but I'm assuming this is good till February 2nd, throw that in there, but don't wait. Uh, don't make me have to then send Tom an email and say, Hey, could you please extend this a little bit? Cause I gave the wrong numbers out on the podcast. Just use a swish 20, get 20 bucks off. Use it for this weekend. I got a sure got a huge soccer card coming in all weekend. We got that NFL playoffs things, you know, the oblong pigskin, uh, AJ just taught me about uh-huh. seconds ago. Uh, plus we have a huge college basketball slate on Saturday as well. So go get your money's worth, uh, get 20 bucks off any sort of package. we got long season longs. We got dailies. If you just want to try us for a day, if you haven't already, uh, but go throw that in there, swish 20 and save 20 bucks and we'll get a little credit for it. I'm RJ Bell and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas and they got a water bottle and they got like a celery chopped up and, Let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1. And all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and Five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With Pick 6, you're not going against another player or players you're going against the bookmaker you're going against the number that they put up so all you got to do is pick between two and six nfl players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you download DraftKings pick six app now and sign up with code rj that's code rj only at DraftKings pick six the crown is yours gambling problem Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18-PLUS in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. All right. Uh, I'll take the lead here and... I'm excited about this game because this is a game that we both like quite a bit, it seems. Um, I'm going to go with Boise as a two-point home favorite to Utah State. Boise continues to be elite at home, uh, as they typically are. So that, that loss to UNLV a couple weeks ago, that's their only home loss in their last 25 home games. And 
this team, it, like they're not nearly as appreciated as a home team as they should be. They, they've handled Utah State at home as well. When they've won five straight against the Aggies at home, um, the key to slowing down Utah State is making things tough on Great Osabor, the the Utah State big, and he's probably well, he has been at least to this point the best offensive player in the Mountain West so far this year. And if you don't have size, you're in trouble. But Boise has size. They're 22nd nationally in height. Uh, they've got enough bodies to throw at him that I think they're going to force someone else to beat them. And I don't know that Utah State can do it. Boise, not as talented as some of the other squads in the Mountain West, but they've proven that they can hang with anyone at home. They, they've already posted wins against San Diego State, Colorado State, North Texas, San Francisco. They've already got some really good home wins. I think they get another one here over Utah State. So give me Boise State minus two at home against the Utah State Aggies. I like it. Great Ostabor, a uh, very talented athlete. Uh, I think he grew up playing soccer, actually, in Spain before moving to England, before coming to the U.S., and probably before he grew to, I think, six foot eight or six <laughs> foot nine. For my best bet, I'm going to go with a nine and 10 Penn State Nittany Lions. We're projecting a three point favorite at home to Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota went all out for a, a comeback victory against Wisconsin. They were unable to do it, unable to salt it away at the line, and really unable to do a lot of things down the stretch. And uh, I think it's going to make it really hard for them to go on the road to College Park and somehow try to steal a – is it College Park or is it University Park? Anyway. Um, it's University Park. All, somewhere in the middle – University Park, somewhere in the middle. State College, I guess, is another way to describe it. I feel like there's so many names for it. But anyway, Happy uh, Penn State, they have been – Happy, they're going to Happy Valley. I feel like that's more football, but okay. you know, it's the same university. So there we go. We're going to Happy Valley. We're going to play Mike Rhodes and a team that is great at getting off to good starts or as they came back and, and beat Wisconsin uh, a couple of weeks ago, they were really great at starting off really poorly and getting back into it. So it's probably going to be a lot of ups and downs this game. Unfortunately, that is a ticket or that comes with a ticket of betting Penn State. Uh, I like them as a three-point favorite. I think they're going to beat Minnesota at home. I don't think Minnesota is going to emerge from this Wisconsin loss very well. I think they're going to look like one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. I think Penn State is growing with a new coach, new team, and I think they're getting better together. Plus, I think they're going to make the free throws down the end if it does end up coming to that. So play Penn State. We're giving you three points. Uh, might be as big as four. I'll play it all the way at the four. Uh, but grab Penn State as they get a big Big Ten win as they try to prepare to run the table in the Big Ten dance just about a month and a half away from now. Yeah, uh, only one road win so far for Minnesota in conference play. That was a one-point win against Michigan, which they probably thought was like a big deal at the time. And it turns out Michigan is not really good. All right, that's going to do it for another episode. Griffin, great job as always uh, in round one and round two. Appreciate you. Uh, guys, enjoy the football this weekend, but try and sneak in some hoops as well. Should be a good slate. And uh, thank you guys again for listening. We will be back on Sunday, Sunday night, uh, previewing next week's games uh, with no football uh, ahead. There will be like a whole week without football, if you can believe it. So um, uh, in enjoy the football this weekend, your last chance. But uh, we'll be back on Sunday talking some hoops with you. Thanks and good luck.